Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Conversations with Tara and Ryan. I am Ryan. How are you, Tara? Hi, I am doing great, Ryan. Another great Friday to be spend with you. So hi, and hi to Deanne, one of my favorite uh, board members at the National Aging in Place Council. Actually, two of my favorite board members here on the call today. Excellent. And, and, and we've already basically introduced Deanne, but Deanne, how are you? You are um, a, a mindset consultant and you are also an area um, director for electronic caregivers. So we have plenty of things to talk about. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the probably greatest podcast of all time. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you have me on here and I'm so excited just to talk about what I do and talk about all things NAIPC also. Uh, I am, as you mentioned, a consultant. So I work with professionals and, both, but, and individuals as well on just keeping your mind straight. And now more than ever, of course, that's so important. After the last year we've all had, I think we're pulling our hair out a little bit here and there. And so it's just a wonderful thing to be able to help keep people happy and on track and pursuing moving forward, et cetera. And I especially love to work with the senior industry on that because it's been hit so hard, let's face it. And then also electronic caregiver, oh, that came about because I was going into all the senior communities here in my lovely Las Vegas Valley. And I was noticing there was a lot of challenges with their medical alert systems, their personal safety systems, things like buttons not working, uh, you know, contracts they couldn't get out of, which in my opinion is a little bit of a form of elder abuse actually, because they already have some financial constraints. And so I was just seeing a lot of challenges with that industry. And like usual, I kind of volunteered myself <laughs> because I got involved and was trying to be the advocate for them. The next thing you know, I just kind of stumbled upon this fantastic company with all this technology and, and just continually moving forward. So I'm blessed to be able to protect their safety and protect their minds. A little bit of everything. Yeah, that's great. One of the things, I don't know if we mentioned that you're in the Las Vegas area in Southern Nevada and you're starting our chapter out there this summer. And one of the things that really shocked me about Las Vegas is that you are 46% senior residents. So you all have some unique challenges on top of just the aging challenges that we have, the Las Vegas challenges and a lot of other things um, in that area. So we're excited to be able to help your seniors there. Um, starting this summer. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit. You're so heavily involved in the government there um, and volunteering. And I've heard you talk before about how you got involved with the government. And maybe you can just talk about that because it really just starts with raising your hand and volunteering, right? Absolutely. So my, my position is I am the chairperson for the City of Las Vegas Senior Citizens Advisory Board. Say that five times. <laughs> And that came about because I went to coffee with the councilman, uh, really love my councilman in my ward. And I noticed that the mayor was gonna be there. And I had already seen that they had a senior advisory board, but it hadn't been meeting for almost a year. And before that, I really didn't see any kind of productivity, you know, where they were actually giving, uh, getting information and giving the meat, so to speak, and, and advising the council. And of course, working so closely with seniors for so long in my area, that disturbed me a little bit. So I went there with the intention to say, hey, what's going on? And uh, once again, voluntold, 
so I had a conversation with the mayor and just, you know, was asking her all about it. And she had her liaison come over, get my information, and we started the talks. It was an election time. So it kind of got tabled a little bit. And when I was coming back on a plane uh, from an event that I was at out of town, I received a call from my councilman over my area. It was his liaison. And she said, we'd like to meet with you about coming onto the board. So I did it straight off the plane. I was exhausted, but I just told them my two cents because I figured, you know, if they wanted to do this, then I need to be honest what I see in my day-to-day -day work. So really when you're working with government, if you're in the senior industry and you're really wanting to see change, it really requires you just to be a voice. You wanna be the voice for the seniors. You don't wanna just be a ranting voice. You wanna go in and say, hey, you know, I have a lot of knowledge in this area and I'd like to help. And you first start off by just volunteering. I'm still a volunteer. I've hit my fourth year uh, terming out and I will be up for reappointment uh, June. And, you know, I'm gonna continue. You know, it, it really turned into a full-time job for me last year, but honestly, I think it's the best way you could spend your time. I mean, if you're really in an industry and you're passionate about your business or your career or whatever, wherever you're employed, you know, why not put your hand to the plow in that area? And I think that's where people miss the mark on working with the city. They want to go in and tell the city how they should do things more than just giving a voice to who it is that you're concerned with. You give that voice, you help them. And in the process, it has been a true blessing because we now have a senior services department. So I feel pretty happy that my voice was heard and that I've been able to do whatever I can. So that's what I suggest for anyone who wants to connect with any form of government really. But of course, city government is more of a local feel and I think that that's a really great place to start with your own local community. Help them, get in there and get involved. And that way you can learn how city government works. It's gonna be different in different areas, but you wanna learn because they have what they call open meeting law. So you wanna learn laws, rules, things like that, so that you know how you can be the voice and how you can help. That way you're not clashing with them, you're working with them. Right. And one of the things that I love, I, I, you know, you and I talk a lot <laughs> and I love hearing all the ways that you volunteer and the things that you do. And the city does have those very strict and formal ways that they have to operate. And one of the things that I like about you is you're a volunteer. So you can go knock on a door and say, hey, are you okay? Do you need food? Do you, is there anything that you need? And um, I love that you can work together with the government to really kind of have the best outcome for the seniors. So um, I love that about you. You seem a little bit fearless when it comes to taking care of those seniors. <laughs> so maybe you could explain a little bit. I know you're not from the Las Vegas area. I think it's Indiana. Is that where you grew up? Indiana? Yeah, actually until four years old. Oh, and okay. when my parents got divorced, then my mom took my, my mom and my uncle took us out to the San Francisco Bay Area. So I'm a, a Northern California girl. Oh, nice. <laughs> and how did you get involved in the senior world? Well, you know, it's kind of a fun story. <laughs> uh, so I, when I first came to Las Vegas 23 years ago, I was in the medical field, the healthcare field. So I was basically consulting with specialty doctors, anything from, you know, chiropractic, et cetera, the specialty areas. 
And because I was consulting with them, if somebody would leave like an office manager or biller, I would get in there and do that thing I do and help them out with that, even though it wasn't the core position, because I didn't want to see them fail, right? And I didn't want their mindset to go south like everything's falling apart. So one thing led to another, because when you have the demographics of seniors we have here, if you're in healthcare, you're going to end up in seniors, right? Because they're the ones that, of course, predominantly as we age, our body has some quirks. So they're the ones that are going to use it. But then I met this amazing entertainer <laughs> and we were asked to go into a senior community and assisted living. And he was going in to do piano because he plays piano by ear. And immediately these adorable seniors were out, you're an entertainer, aren't you? I can see it. So one thing led to another and we started going into all the senior communities with entertainment. And while he was entertaining, I was doing that, you know, coaching, counseling kind of girl that I am. And I would talk to them and I would hear all of their challenges, all of their, their victories. And I was just taking it all in. And it just really turned into a complete, full-blown senior everything for us. So that's how I first got involved with seniors. And we still do that. We're just getting back into some of the communities and it's amazing. I missed it so much over the last year. I love that. It sounds like you had a love affair with seniors. You kind of fell in love yes. with them by serving them, which I think so many of us do. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about the mindset consultant. That's um, very interesting to me. We were talking about it a little bit before we started. So can you explain what that is? Yeah, so basically, I am just helping people to, I mean, you know, I hate to say it this way, but keep our minds straight, right? Especially after this pandemic and election year and, and all the things. I mean, we had so much negative coming to us. And it really can get our mindset into a place in our subconscious where when we react to anything going into our life or our business, we start coming from that place of what we're hearing. And what we're hearing on the news or on social media or from family, friends, is literally just their perceptions and opinions. You know, like for instance, the vaccines. I mean, you hear people almost getting in feuds when me, myself, I just say it's a personal choice. People need to do their own research. They need to think for themselves. So when I talk about the mindset, like this week I'm doing a workshop in one of my groups and you know, that's basically what I've been talking about is just watching our thoughts, you know, and it's really important when it comes to seniors in the senior industry. Notice I always go back to seniors <laughs> because, you know, seniors, you start to get these body quirks and then they're going to affect your mind, right? You're going to start telling yourself these, these self-talk like, you know, oh, I'm just getting old, you know, and society doesn't care about me anymore. Look what happened. We were a priority all these things go in and then they sit there as a new behavior and we can't have that. We've got to make sure that the new behaviors and thoughts and attitudes that we put in are going to be for our best interest. And of course the people around us are really going to love that because then we're not going to be, you know, I call it the, you know, the negative nanny that's, you know, talking all that stuff and wants to go over, you know, the state of the world. We need to be more concerned with our world and how we're affecting others. And that's really what it's about. I wanna see everybody happy watching some of the seniors. I mean, it's amazing to me. I'll see a 90 year old senior that can dance circles around me. 
And I asked them every single time the same question. How did you do life to get to this point where you are still able to be this active and this alert? And every time they say they drank a lot of water, they took regular walks, and they made sure to do everything they could to stay happy. So if that doesn't tell you the crux, and I mean every time without fail, that's what it says. They say that every time. So if that doesn't back the types of things that I want to do for people, I don't know what does. So I just use their wisdom to help guide me, whether it's in mindset or anything else. But our mind really is our, our biggest tool, and people don't realize that. You know, so I, I really try to help people, whether it's professional or personal. So a question I have for you is what are your thoughts on affirmations then in terms of, of a mindset and being positive and things like that? 100% affirmations are absolutely necessary. You know what affirmations actually are? They're auto-suggestion. So they are auto-suggesting to yourself what it is that you want to be, do, or see. And by doing that, you're gonna change the patterns in your subconscious. I could get a little sciencey here, so I gotta be careful, but what happens is our conscious mind is the thinking mind. So you kind of think of your mind as two parts, right? The conscious mind is all the senses and everything coming into you. And then it drops down to your subconscious, which is where you have all your past beliefs, your past habits, which a lot of them don't really serve us, right? So that's what affirmations are doing. They're consciously putting into your subconscious this new belief, this new attitude. And that's why when you look in the mirror, you should literally say those affirmations to yourself. You gotta believe it, right? And sometimes that's the only way to believe it is to hear it, hear it again, and hear it again. <laughs> There's a, a YouTube guy that, um, uh, he's a little bit controversial, so I won't name him. He's not like bad <laughs> or anything, but you know how everything in this world is so uh, controversial. But anyways, he says that for when he started his company, uh, he would walk out of his house going to the subway and he would scream his affirmations. He got, you know, crowded city street. And he said, I don't give a damn. We think about Every day we think negative thoughts to ourselves of how we can't, are we going to be able to do it? What happens if all these negative thoughts, I'm taking 30 seconds to a minute out of my day to start my day to holler my affirmations to the world. And then people hear me and I better go do it. So that's, it seemed to work from him. And I, I was like, yeah, that, that, you know, there are a lot of people that believe in um, those affirmations and, uh, and, uh, have have credited to helping them succeed. I mean, obviously, you got to do the work still. You can't just wish it to, to happen, but um, you got to believe that groundwork as well. Absolutely. Ironically, you just basically said the title of my workshop I'm doing this week, Quit Playing, Do It. All right. I didn't know. I thought it was going to be scream at random people in a busy city, but thank, thankfully that's not the name of the, the, uh, the, the talk, but yeah, that's so, so you, so you do, um, so right now with COVID with obviously there not being a whole lot of in-person stuff, there's a lot of, I imagine you're doing it all online and you're, are these webinars that you're doing, are they paid? Are they uh, free to join? How do people find out about it? It's actually both. So with the work that I do, obviously I'm a paid consultant and I have specific tools that I utilize where people will learn to do it on their own and it's repeatable so that they don't need me forever. Unlike when I was doing counseling where it felt like I was going to be a part of their family for the rest of their life. 
But with this, what I like to do, especially coming out of this, is I do workshops and I usually do them in my Facebook group because most people seem to be on Facebook. But I'm open them, I'm very open to doing them on Zooms with different sectors. So for instance, I have a lot of friends in real estate here. So I work with them and I'll just put on, you know, just a couple of days, just maybe 30 minutes to an hour a day, just kind of helping them understand the tools that they need in the ever-changing landscape of real estate, especially when you're dealing with COVID and now we're gonna start opening up here. So basically they can go to my Facebook page, which is Deanna Rear Cameron, and that will always have information on my group. And, and then my group I, is, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, my group is called Mindset Matters in Everything because it really does. <laughs> well, one, well, I'm gonna steal Tara's thunder for one moment. If there's one book on mindset that you would recommend people to read, what would that one book be? And it can't be your book. It has to be somebody else's book. But you can name your book as a close second if you want. Well, you know, this is always really a hard one for me. So I'm going to have to say two of them. All right. But my all-time favorite, all-time favorite, which is my go-to. I've been doing this for 30 years, by the way. And I can tell you right now that Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is still one of the best tools out there. It really is. And my backup plan, well, because it has a process to it. And if you use this process, now obviously people have expanded on that and turned it into various programs. But there's another little book. I call it little because you can read it in, in just one day, just a couple hours if you read like I do. It's called U Squared. And I think it's an amazing book because it's short, sweet, and to the point, and just really reminds you about you and the power and the will that you have within yourself. So I have a confession to admit to everybody. I Behind me is a large bookcase, and I have an issue of buying far too many books than I can even comprehend about reading. And... I realized I was going through my books the, a couple of months ago and through my Kindle. I have one, I have two hard copies of Think of Grow Rich and I have three different Kindle versions of Think and Grow Rich because I get the emails of like, hey, this book's 99 cents. You know, you get those kind of newsletter emails and I'm like, oh, I probably need Think and Grow Rich and I forget that I bought it four times previously. And the confession is, I've yet to read the damn book. So now I've got to read the book. So I, I just, I got an issue here. That's my addiction, I guess, is just buying books that are on sale and then never reading them. Um, but I, it's, it's, it's a book that I will have to read the next time I talk to you. I will have to be like, maybe, maybe I'll read it on the flight out to uh, Vegas. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Anyways, I'm sorry I went on that tangent, but sometimes it goes off the rails, these podcasts. Tara, I'm sending this over to you now. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, we have uh, Deanne scheduled to do um, a mindset presentation next month on May 19th for a professional development series. So um, if you happen to catch this uh, episode before then, be sure to register at NAIPC. And if you're hearing this afterwards, I'm sure we'll have it up on our NAIPC TV um, channel. But Deanne, can you tell us a little bit, the title is Understanding the Mindset of Seniors. So can you tell us what you'll be talking about a little bit in that? Absolutely. One of the things that I've noticed, especially during the pandemic, it kind of put the spotlight on a lot of it is the seniors would call and 
you know, they'll call for housing, they'll call for whatever have you, but they'll also give you the laundry list of everything they need, you know, toothpaste, uh, you know, just not just your, your typical things. And through this, you know, and talking with seniors as I do all the time, but during the pandemic, I noticed that they have a certain mindset of, you know, during something like this, they should be served. And I'm quite sure all of us in the industry feel they should. But unfortunately, that's not just the way that things are set up, right? And that's the change that I'm trying to make. But I'm also listening to their mindset to help everyone else understand. First of all, we have to be realistic of the time that they came from. And our programming, when we are being programmed with our mindset, mainly comes from our younger years. And that's why when you, you know, are talking with somebody with, you know, a cognitive disorder, uh, one of the things we've done is we've gone in and done music and memory and music will bring up, you know, a lot of memories, but it's always the younger years. There's a reason for that. That's when we're being programmed. So if we remember what they were being programmed at that time, maybe get to know them a little bit. If there's family that we can talk to, whatever have you, and reach them through that, reach them through the mind of a senior. In other words, you know, um, put yourself in their position. So I'm 75 years old. Uh, I can't go out of my house. I have mobility issues. How would you feel? Seriously, how would you feel? Because many times when we are serving them, we forget about these things. We forget that we're talking to someone other than a potential, you know, service recipient, right? So it's really good to understand their mind, where they're coming from and ask questions. Always when you're working with mindset, you want to ask questions. People love to talk about themselves and especially seniors, especially after they've been isolated, right? We all know that in this industry. So it's pretty easy to get to understand where their mind is and to educate them. So that's the key, I think, with mindset with seniors is find out where they're at, find out their background and go way back because that's where their programming is and then educate them on what is and isn't available to seniors, but making sure that we let them know in the industry that we are here to make that change that, of the expectations in their mindset. And then a lot more, but that's kind of in, a, <laughs> in an overview. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I can't wait to hear that presentation. It's probably something, Ryan, that you and your employees deal with a lot too. You, you all are there in the home and just changing someone's mindset or are thinking about how they react to something really um, can affect how they have their whole day planned out. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, some of my, my employees, it's just uh, nothing short but of impressive of just how they're able to communicate with um, our clients. You know, we, we had one situation where, um, you know, we were, we've been caring for, for somebody and we were doing seven days a week for uh, five or six hours a day, not a whole lot of care, but they wanted to discontinue and um, totally. And my, my office staff employee was like, hey, listen, that's fine that we can discontinue, but how about we start with four days instead of going from, from seven days a week to zero? And I'm not doing it justice, but the way that she listened, asked a few questions, and then came up with a compromise that uh, made sense, it just, you know, like Deanne was saying, talking with people and listening um, and having that kind of uh, uh, interaction with somebody is, is, uh, is, is impressive when you, when you're able to see it done. 
Yeah, it's nice. We had a author, Judy Cornish, on earlier in the week just talking about people with dementia and how just changing your mindset of how you deal with those people. You know it's cold and you know they need to wear a coat, but they refuse to wear a coat. So just say, oh, I'm going to carry it for you because I get cold. And then realizing later, oh, they did need the coat. And it's just little things like that, hearing stories like that, that just are going to change how I deal with everyone, seniors, my daughter, everything in the future. Just, um, it's really interesting. So I'm looking forward to that presentation. Uh, is there anything else you wanna share with us before we wrap up? I always like to ask people, is there one question that no one ever asks that you want to be asked? So Deanne, anything to share? Oh my goodness. Put you on the spot a little bit. I know. I'm like, oh my goodness, what would that be? Well, I already let the cat out of the bag that I entertain with my husband. But a lot of people see me in the professional light and they do not know that my background at the same time I got into human development, I did that by day and by night I was an Arthur Murray instructor. So <laughs> that's my release. So I've been basically dancing all my life and it's ballroom, top dance. And uh, my husband and I do a lot of choreography. We do line dance with our seniors and we make up our own dances so that we know the level of where they're at. So we're not just throwing some new fat on them that's gonna have them you know, twist an ankle, mess up a, a knee that's been you know, through surgery. And I'm also, a lot of people don't know, but I'm also a Zumba instructor. <laughs> Wow. So I do, I do so many things, but you know, they all go back to seniors, you know, it's just, if I see a need, I try to fill it. And I think that's the question that I really don't get is a lot of, a lot of people don't say why, why do you devote so much of your free time or, or spare time? It's not always free. I make it that way. <laughs> and the reason why is because I put myself in their shoes what would I want at that age? And what if I had no family? What if I had no one around? That would absolutely be, I mean, terrible. So I put myself in their shoes. I look at resources all around and then I try to find gaps. And that's what I know we've discussed, Tara, is for the chapter here locally in Southern Nevada, it's about working on those gaps, not repeating what everybody else already does. How can you be different? How can you be unique? How can you stand out and really truly serve in a different way? And that's the question that I never get. And honestly, the how is by finding it. Go seek it. Seek what's not being done and you be that. Because if your heart's behind it and your passion's behind it, you're gonna make a lot of change and you're gonna make a difference. And as they say, karma is real. And so guess what? Then when you're older, you will have somebody there to do that for you. That's great. I, I'm so happy that we connected and that, and that you're a part of our organization. I think that your passion for seniors and your servant heart is just amazing. So thank you. Uh, Ryan, any closing words? No, words I, think, wisdom from Boston? Uh, I think Deanne <laughs> crushed the closing words right there. So I'm not going to even try to compete with that. And if someone wants to get a hold of you, Deanne, um, other than your Facebook group, is that the best way? I know that you're on LinkedIn as well. People can connect with you there. Yes. So every social media I have is just under my name, Deanne O'Rear Cameron. And also my email is, no surprise, agingplacegal at gmail.com. 
<laughs> yeah, and I'm just using social media as kind of my, my website for now because it seems like that's where we all are. Great. Well, thank you. Excellent. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for being a guest on today's podcast. And thank you to our listeners and viewers for listening and viewing the podcast as well. Uh, and we will catch you on the next one. Have a great day.